what we're going to be uh, talking about tonight is this idea of counter uh, formation. And if you can go uh, to the next slide, this is um, a word that I want you to um, be really familiar with this semester. And so as we have folks kind of come in and give in uh, some devotional time uh, on Wednesdays, that's what uh, we're going to be talking about. So as Megan alluded to, we're changing just the format a little bit, meeting kind of at the same time, moving it back a little bit. But what we'll start next week is we'll have um, our small group time after this. So we'll have uh, we'll go a little longer tonight, but typically we'll go to 8.30, dismiss, and go into our small groups, and we'll talk to you about what that is. We'll get out at the same time that we uh, did last semester. Um, but the, the word I want you uh, to consider this evening um, is this idea of counterformation. And so I'm going to start off with um, a quote that I think will be um, helpful for us. It's from a pastor church planner as he has seen uh, churches... Um, engage in different ways. He says this, and so I need us not to see, uh, not to hear this um, about where you are with it, but just as it, as, it needs to, as it needs to be said. He says this, this is not on your screen, just listen. Ultimately, each church uh, will be evaluated by one thing, its disciples. Your church is only as good as its disciples. It does not matter how good your praise is, your preaching, your programs, your property are. If your disciples are passive, needy, consumerist, and not moving in the direction of radical obedience, your church is not good. And so as we think about um, where we often fall short, where the uh, church around the world often falls short, we need to understand, well, how does that, what does that mean for me individually? How can I be a better disciple? How can I understand what it looks like for God to form me the way uh, he means to? And so as we think about um, if, if the church is not good, if its disciples are like the world, right, then we also want to think about, well, who does a good job of discipleship? And I want to, um, to throw, this out, throw this out at you that, the, that who does the best job of discipleship, right, making, uh, making whoever follows it look like they want them to is the world. And so the world does a fantastic job, right, of forming people in its image. And so as we think about that, I want us to put this idea of formation, right, as what the, the world naturally does to us. As we live in the world, we are formed by it, right? Amen? Does that make sense to you? Okay. And so I want you to see that as natural formation. As I live in the world and as I engage in it, I am going to be formed according to its image. Yes? Yes. And so as it relates to counterformation, this is what God wants to do in us. He wants, to, uh, he wants to form us counter to the world, right, but to his image, right, to his likeness, uh, to the values of his kingdom. And so the first thing I want to challenge you with, right, is to put two things in front of you, right? What, what God, how God wants to counterform you and how the world, right, wants to form you. And so this first uh, this first slide is going to give put those two things um, at odds with each other. Yes, maybe. Yep. So as we see on the uh, on the left side, that these are the things; these are the values of the kingdom, right? That these are the things that the ways that God is trying to form you, right? These are the things that, as we are in Christ, that we have and He wants for us. But yet, as we are not engaged in that formation with Him, that we are being uh, we are being formed away from those things to the things of the world. Does that make sense? So as Christians, if we have faith, 
right? That we are being, the world is uh, forming us away from that and moving us from faith to doubt, right? From love to insecurity, from community, right, to individualism, from contributing, right, to consuming, from resting to exhaustion. Does that feel, do you feel some of those things that the world is trying to form in you as, it's, uh, as it puts forth its values in, in everything, uh, in the, just kind of the air that we breathe? And so, the, uh, and so I think that that's a pretty good general list, but as it relates to young adults, right, I have a few things to add to that. And so here's what I see in young adult uh, culture today. This is what I saw in myself when I was that age, right, that, that God wants us to be focused, but the world is moving us from focused to distracted, right, from sober or serious, right, to complacent, from other-centered right, to self-centered, and finally from godly to worldly. And so there's one more slide that shows all of those. And so this is the idea that I want you to kind of have in your head tonight as we look at formation, that the formation on the right, the, what, the, what the world is forming us into is what will happen naturally. A lot of times we're like, well, I'm just trying to kind of keep my nose clean, right? I'm trying to go to church when I can, or maybe I have a Bible, I might crack it open, I listen to the Christian radio station, I might listen to a podcast, right? I'm just doing it as I can. And yet, as we think about how effective that is at forming us as it relates to every other time that we are in the world, we see that what... Do we have more words on the left that describe us, or do we have more words on the right that describe us? And this will tell us, right, uh, who is having the most influence on us as it relates to our formation. And so as I think about that in my own life, for a lot of seasons, (laughs) I was neutral and really was just getting hit in the face by being formed by the world that much more of the things that were true of my life were the things on the right. That I wanted the things on the left but was doing nothing (laughs) to have those things happen because I thought that the little bit that I did was making some sort of dent. Anybody else feel like that? And yet over and over again, what characterized my life was the right side of things. And so as we sit there, I want us to ask ourselves a question, right? Do we care what we are about? Because when we're not intentional, when we aren't, uh, have a thought in the world about what our life is about and the things that we are going to value and engage in, right, then natural formation happens. <laughs> and you are very aware of natural formation. Right, but as we're talking about counterformation, that that needs to be a different level of intentional, that I need to understand that I am not neutral, right? I'm not being formed neutrally. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not a blank slate that I am, right, being formed into these things by the world unless, right, I'm letting God, right, counterform me. We're on the same page? And so here are uh, three ideas that I think are helpful for us. The first thing is um, C.S. Lewis uh, has this uh, quote, and there's a lot of big words in here, but I'll explain it. And he's, he's talking about the formation of the world. And he says, the world makes men without chests. 
and expects from them virtue and enterprise, right? This is this idea of, of doing things that are good, right? Uh, being uh, conscientious. Those same people laugh at honor and are shocked to find traitors in their midst. What he's saying is we, we laud goodness and we laud these good things and yet everything in our world is against those things and we wonder why people are the way they are. Right, that the way of the world is forming men and women without uh, substance. <laughs> Do we want to be people that lack substance? John Eldridge makes a comment about the people that we look to uh, to be formed. He says our whole American culture is infected with what he called ontological lightness. Ontology is the study of being, right? Who are we? Celebrities and pro athletes being the most dramatic examples of this victimization of our souls that ruins us for any substantive love relationship. They are anchored only to their performances, and out of their performances come their identities and ours who worship them. As soon as they stop performing, as soon as we stop performing, their identities and ours disappear. Right, that there's no weight right, to the people around us. There's nothing to them. They're not about anything lasting. Amen? And so we see this all around us. Hopefully that it's not us, but if it's not us, then we are in danger of being affected by it. And lastly, I want to keep those two ideas in contrast uh, to what Paul, uh, the missionary Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians 4.16, and he says this, it says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory. That is beyond all comprehension. While we look at the things which are seen, but they look at the things which are unseen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are uh, not seen are eternal. Right, and in contrast to this, uh, lightness of being, right? He says, as we engage in the things that God wants to us ha- for us to engage us to be people of substance, to be real people. <laughs> he says, those things as God is forming us add up to a weight that we are people that are weighty, that we matter, that we care about things that matter, that we will live on, that the things that we do will live on. That it's a reality in every sense of the word, a reality that doesn't stop. Now as we finish up this idea, I want you to, to remember the idea of, of formation as natural. If I do nothing different than what I'm doing now, okay? If I don't come to understand how to engage with the Lord Right, then, then, the, then the formation that happens right, naturally is going to be away from how he wants me to be. And I'm not going to reach right, the Christ-likeness that he longs for me to have. By contrast, counter-formation right, is supernatural. That I can't be right, reformed. I can't be formed counter to my nature right, outside of the power of God and his Holy Spirit. And so I think that a lot of us think, well, I can just be better. 
right? That I can do better things, and I'll do those better things whenever I have some more time. And yet, as we do that, we are getting further and further formed by the world. Galatians 5, 19-21 talks about formation as natural. You may have, uh, you may have never uh, read this verse. It says this, But the deeds of the flesh are evident. Immorality, impurity, sensuality, adultery, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envy, and drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. Right? That is the things that the, Lord, uh, that the world is saying, it's okay. The, 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 we've engaged in those things. Are those things, are those things making us weighty people? <laughs> making us people of substance? Are those things that last? But then we see also in Galatians 5.22, we see this supernatural formation. He says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Is these things, if you know people that these characteristics are true of them, right? Fruits of the Spirit, that these people are weighty. That their character will last. That will have an impact, eternal impact. There should be one more list where it just lists the things that God wants for us, that if we are counterformed in God's image, that these things will be true of us. See, as the world brings, right, individualism and consumerism, doubt, exhaustion, right, God is bringing these things, faith, love, community, people that contribute, People that find rest, that are focused, that are serious about things that matter, that are other-centered, that are godly. That as we engage with God appropriately, God brings health and wholeness. Dependent relationship on God brings health and wholeness. Health is not being broken. Does anybody in here not want to be broken? Wholeness is no longer lacking, right? No longer being deficient. Does anybody want to no longer lack, <laughs> like me? No longer want to be deficient in some way? Allowing the world to form us is not going to bring that. As I learn to be de- in a dependent relationship with God, He will form me away from the unhealth that occurs away from Him, and bring me into wholeness that is mine through Jesus. And so as we start off this semester, I just want to have kind of three challenging thoughts as we close here. The first one is, if you are interested in God, or you think yourself as his son or daughter, I want you to think about how you would answer the following question. If God were to ask you, why do you want me? How would you answer? If God were to ask you, why do you want me? How would you answer? As I think there's two general ways that we can answer this. The first is for what he gives. For what he gives. The second option is for who he is. 
And so this is the part that I want to make sure that we're clear about because I think most of us, right, without even thinking about it, right, like, well, I want God because he gives forgiveness and he gives grace and he gives mercy. But if you want him, I think this is on the, if you have something, write this down. If we want him for what he gives, then you may miss who he is. And if you miss who he is, you probably will miss what he gives. You understand that? But conversely, if you want who he is, you will definitely get what he gives. And so this is the secret of relationship, that there are people in our lives that we know and we enjoy a relationship with because of the things they give us, but we miss the people right in front of us. That we miss engaging with them, that I don't want what you give me, the security and all this, I want you. And we do this to God all the time. God wants us. He wants to be in a relationship with us. And as we are in relationship with Him, then we get the benefits of relationship with Him. You understand that's a subtle miss. Because we're waiting to get the benefits, but while we don't get them, it's because we're not engaging with Him. It's like being on a date and not talking to your date and wondering why it's not going well. <laughs> why I'm not getting the things that I thought would happen if this went well. Does that make sense? The second question I want you in closing to ask yourself is, does Jesus have influence in your life? This is a really serious question. Does Jesus have influence in your life? If, I were to, if you had a piece of paper, and some of you do, and you were going to write down who you have given, because that is a, something that you agree to, who have you given influence and authority in your life? That is granted. Right? And I'm anticipating that you've got like a little list there. Is Jesus on the list? <laughs> Does Jesus have influence in your life? Yes or no? Whatever level of influence he has, he needs more. Amen? He wants more. Again, guys, he's not handing out right free things. He just wants to be in a relationship with you, and that is going to make all the difference. And so the things that we're going to talk about and spend time in Scripture about is for us to have a better understanding of how I can connect with and engage with God. Not things around him, but him himself. And this is going to be the thing that's going to revolutionize your relationship with him, right? It's not, let's not talk around him, but let's talk about how I can be with him and how that relationship will change me. Anybody, anybody in here have a really strong relationship with somebody that you're around all the time that has not changed them? Anybody? So as we close, I'm going to put a prayer on the... Um, and if the band can come back down um, and put a prayer on the screen, I'm going to say this out loud, but if this is a prayer of your heart, I want you to pray this. Take a picture of it, write it down. That this is a prayer that I want you um, to spend time with this semester. 
that we need to ask him, right, to help us understand the ways that we are being formed away from him and what it's going to take, right, to be formed in his image. Because again, no action, right, is natural formation. But as I take action and engage with him, that he is going to form me in his image. And that's going to make all the difference. And so I'm going to pray this prayer over us. And so pray along with me if this is what you want as well. Gracious and loving God, you know the deep inner patterns of my life that keep me from being totally yours. You know the misformed structures of my being that hold me in bondage to something less than your high purposes for my life. And you also know my reluctance to let you have your way with me in these areas. Father, hear the deeper cry of my heart for wholeness and for your grace to enable me to be open to your transforming presence. Lord, have mercy. Amen.